Welcome to the Follow Me podcast, where we hope to equip listeners to evangelize and disciple just as Jesus commands. Today, I'm here with Pastor Eric Leeson, and thank you for being here. Um, Eric, today I really want to kind of hone in on what evangelism is uh, and kind of work off of a definition um, and just break it apart. But first, uh, just share a little bit about yourself and your family and how you got into missions. Well, I'd say that uh, being, you know, in ministry, I accepted Christ when I was nine. You know, I had that passion in my heart for a long time, wanting to reach people for Christ. And then um, felt the call to youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I got involved in youth ministry. And God led me to start a youth group at a church that didn't have a youth group. Yeah. So I actually started that. And it's kind of a funny story. My sister actually was one of my first teens in the youth group. Um, but with that church and, and things, we actually reached out to a lot of kids in the neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, just by being around the kids, um, doing things, and my, it helped my grandmother's house didn't mm-hmm. live too far away. So I was able to minister to a lot of the kids in the neighborhood there and reach them. And uh, so it was neat to see that youth group grow and yeah. take off. Uh, and it was kind of hard because the church wasn't in that mindset at that point to really uh, cultivate that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of like two different worlds yeah. in a way of we're really evangelizing here. We're really trying to reach people for Christ. And, and in, you know, the basic definition of evangelism to me is sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, letting people encounter Jesus yeah. in a personal way. And so, you know, we try to be authentic, try to be real. And so, you know, I've had, you know, different stints as pastor. Most of my time was youth pastor. But I have been pastor for uh, four years at another church. And um, so all through the ministry of, I guess it's been 30 years now, uh, looking at opportunities to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, like I shared with you before, I had a great opportunity to share, uh, you know, working at a a children's home society Mm -hmm. was the organization. But they had a place called Arthur Gusky Shelter in Parkersburg. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for 10 years and was able to have opportunities to not only share with the kids there uh, that were there, but also uh, staff. And so that was a great opportunity. Uh, so, so yeah, um, a little bit about myself more is, um, you know, I have three kids, mm-hmm. uh, lovely wife, Shelly. Uh, it's great to see them grow. And, and my daughter's 19. Her name's Isabella. My son is 17. His name is Xavier. Getting ready to turn 18, actually. Uh, just had a little heart That's attack. That's probably weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then my uh, youngest son, he's 13. He'll be 14. Um, but yeah, you know, and you know, as a parent, you want to make sure your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was a great opportunity where I was able to baptize all three of them at the same time. Oh, that's sweet. And uh, yeah, so you know, you just hope that they see, you know, because as a parent, they see the good and the bad, yeah. right? But hopefully they see Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uh, grandparents were probably some of the most influential people in my life um, for Christ because I had a lot of negatives too. But I, I share that because my grandmother, and this is always something that I think about, even in her 80s, she was having what's called backyard clubs in the neighborhoods where it's kind of like vacation Bible school yeah. you know, at your house. And uh, it just, 
and I admired that, that she was so still willing, even in her older age. And mm -hmm. That's why I tease people about it. It's like, when I get done being a pastor, I just want to go back to youth ministry, <laughs> become like the oldest youth pastor yeah. ever. Because, you know, I, I love, I know for me, the teenage years were hard. Uh, mm -hmm. So I look at, I look at teenagers and I kind of sympathize and understand uh, what they're going through, yeah. trying to figure out who they are, trying to become their own person. And uh, I think it's a great time to introduce them to Christ. Mm -hmm. So yeah. is, that, is that good enough? Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we kind of dive into what evangelism is, I think it's also important to distinguish what it's not. Uh -huh. So if you can maybe speak to one or two things of what evangelism is not, yeah. that could be helpful as we move forward. Well, I think one thing I would say right off the bat, it's not being forced. It's not forcing. You know, you're not trying to force your opinion or your agenda on someone mm -hmm. um, you know it's not our job to force people to come to christ we're really a witness um, we are supposed to be a beacon of light in the world and, and mm -hmm. to share the hope that we have uh, but i think there's sometimes this idea that evangelism is seeing how many people you get to say a little prayer yeah and that's not really a change that's not really making a difference in someone's life that's mm -hmm. just uh, confusing people, I think, really, because it's not saying this little prayer. It's a, yeah. it's a life change. So I think, uh, you know, trying to force it, trying to make it um, more than what it is, I guess, too, that, uh, you know, to me, Jesus tells us to count the cost. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not about, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jesus fan. You know, it's, uh, there's a great book called Not a Fan by Kyle Iderman. That's a really good book mm -hmm. that I'd encourage people to check out because it's, our faith is not just being a fan of Jesus, it's being a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And, and so I would say that that's one thing. And then the other thing I would say too is that, um, you know, it's not aimless or careless. It's not, you know, just, you know, hey, you know, whatever. There, there needs to be some intentionality. Intention, yeah. Look for opportunities. Mm -hmm. I know, I think some of the things that we get hung up on is fear, you know, like what is this person going to think of me? Mm -hmm. But I think that, and I think it's like sometimes we add uh, responsibility to it, which it is, you know, I should be feeling responsible to share this, but it's not this burden that should weigh me down. Yeah. Uh, really, it's about me sharing an experience that I've had. You know, it's about me sharing the difference that Christ has made in my life. Yeah. You know, and let that um, work as far as a way to, to introduce people to Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you do it in the right way, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, I think people kind of are set at ease yeah. and, and, and let them process that. Let them, uh, let God work in their heart and their life because he's working as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that looking for, being opportunistic is, is very good, but making sure that it's not aimless or just, careless you just kind of you know yeah whatever if, yeah you know and i think that sometimes we think that inviting people to church and that and i don't want to knock that because it's important to invite people to church because you know i think a lot of us kind of fall in that trap of that's all we need to do yeah, yeah. let's have more of a conversation mm -hmm. build a relationship with people uh get to know people care yeah. about people and i think that opens the door for more conversations later on yeah and i think maybe to me, it seems like a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm going to evangelize by my life. They'll yeah. see that I'm a Christian and they'll see Jesus just by how I treat people or how I do X, Y, and Z. But yeah. 
like the Bible tells us that they have to share verbally. You know, Romans 10, 13 through 15 is saying, you know, how are they going to believe if they're not preached to? And how are they not, like, how are they going to preach if they don't, you know, go, if they're not sent? So in thinking of this idea that we're all given the task of um, going and discipling, like, it, just because you're a preacher doesn't mean that I can yeah, great avoid point. my yeah, call. Because I think we get caught up in, you know, it's just the people on staff, right? Yeah. It's just the people that are Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. But you, it's a great point. We're all called to, to go. We're mm-hmm. all called. To, we're all sent. Right. If, if Christ has changed your life, there's a reason to share that. There's mm-hmm. a reason. Uh, I always, and I don't know why I get hung up on this, but I think about it, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where bread is. Mm-hmm. It's like you found a, a life source. You found a way that's going to make a difference. You would, you would share that knowledge. If you knew somebody was going through uh, yeah, a dangerous situation, you would want to warn them. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we we have this hope and this joy of knowing Christ. Why wouldn't we want to tell the world? Yeah. You know. And so, yeah, it, it's not just about your life, which can speak. It can, yeah. But are you accompanying, accompanying that with your words? Right. Uh, it's word share? and mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to read a definition that I think is really good. It's by Dr. Tim Booker. Okay. And what I want to do is just, with your help, break it down part sure. by part. What does this mean? So it says, evangelism is the compassionate sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ with lost people in the power of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of bringing them to Christ as Savior and Lord that they in turn might share him with others. So going at this one point at a time, let's look at the compassionate sharing first. So compassion of Jesus. What what did he do that was compassionate? How did he show us in in his sharing of the good news, the gospel message um, that kind of helps us as we navigate that? Well, you know, I... I think it's because I took CPR so many times throughout my ministry <laughs> that I started thinking about, you know, look, listen, feel, and how that could apply to ministry. And I think the first thing talking about Jesus is to look at people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about when he was at Simon's house in Luke chapter 7, verse 44. It says, Then turning toward the woman, he said, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she is wet my feet with her hair and her te- with her tears. Um, so I, I think about, you know, that situation. They knew this woman, mm-hmm. but Jesus is asking this very simple question, do you see this woman? And I think that that's so, so important to, to actually see people. Yeah. You know, that I know, like, we get busy, you know, we, we go through, like, you know, the gas station. We don't really take a notice who's on the counter on the mm-hmm. other side of that counter. And really look at the person uh, and take time for people. And I think that shows compassion when you're looking at people. You know, you're, you're letting go of the distractions and just taking a moment to, this is somebody that, to spend time with. This yeah. is somebody to, and I, I think about even like John Maxwell even talked about the fact that, you know, people are what's really your, your, your job is the people. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, when we talk about evangelism, compassion, has to be there, that we have to be looking at people, not just making uh, quick judgment calls on people, 
but to really look at them and, and, and sympathize mm-hmm. and uh, under, try to understand their situation. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think sometimes we write people off. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because you never know that might be a great ministry opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know if that's going to harden their heart more towards towards Jesus or even you as, yeah. as a person who would want to share with them. So, yeah, that's good. Okay. So then what is the good news? Right. Well, the good news and, the, you know, that that's always the fascinating thing is when the, you know, usually back in when that first phrase was kind of formed was a, uh, a person would be running back to the city saying, you know, the battle's been won, the, mm-hmm. the victory is, is ours, you know, that the good news is that this battle's over. Well, the good news for us as Christians as we share the gospel is that Jesus Christ is our hope. Mm-hmm. He, he died and rose again, that he paid a debt that we could not pay ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, sharing this good news with others is always important. It's always good to share about what Jesus did. And, and so it's all about Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as Jesus, you know, we, we learn throughout Scripture, He is the cornerstone. And so when we look at Christ and have Christ in our hearts and our lives, when we accept Him as Lord and Savior, um, you know, that changes things. That yeah. changes our life when we really experience Jesus. Yeah, so then how, when you accept Jesus into your heart, how should that be evident in your life? How should that good news, um, you know, show itself? Well, I think in his definition, he talked about the Holy Spirit would be evident. It's, it's the, he is the one that comes in and changes us, you know, that, Mm -hmm. and that goes back to what I said earlier. It's not just saying a, a quick little prayer. It's, it's allowing the life changer of the Holy Spirit to come in and change, um, our attitude, our heart. I know for me, when I accepted Christ, it went from this hatred, or I guess I should say when I rededicated my life at 16, you know, I was kind of angry at God, kind of blamed God. And I knew when I really fully allowed the Holy Spirit to change me in that moment, it went from hatred to love. It went from mm-hmm. uh, that darkness to light. And, yeah. uh, you know, knowing that I was no, you know, no longer in that separation or that feeling like the I was suppressing the Holy Spirit from accepting him as a nine-year-old, uh, that I was fully letting him have activity mm-hmm. in my heart and in my life. And yeah. it was just so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you show your outward change. Like your inward change yep. is reflected outwardly by how you approach things, your words, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we are compassionately sharing the good news with lost people. Yeah. Who are the lost? Well, the lost people, you know, and that's why I, you know, mentioned about, you know, when that CPR, I think about listen. You know, the lost people are those that, that have no knowledge of Jesus mm-hmm. in that personal way. You know, they may think, well, I know the, the Jesus of the Bible, you know, maybe they've used it as a cuss word. Or, yeah. You know, they, they know the, the idea of Jesus, but they've never had that uh, encounter in a relationship way of inviting him as Lord and Savior of their mm-hmm. life. And so that's anybody that hasn't accepted Christ. You know, that's anybody. And that, that's where you can't just assume that, that people are Christians. You know, you, you got to, I mean, for me, I think a, a key to evangelism too is to, to understand that maybe there's people that I, that have never heard the gospel, that I could share the gospel and that mm-hmm. I could encounter Jesus. There's people in our churches yeah. <laughs> that have never experienced the gospel and, and never really accepted Christ as Savior. So 
you know, every time. And, you know, I've tried to be more, you know, pressing into that or, or um, you know, just leaning into that to, to make sure that we share the gospel every Sunday mm -hmm. in some form. Yeah. Because you never know uh, that exactly. somebody hasn't experienced Christ. So anybody that's abandoned God, uh, you know, is not a Christian. It's not mm -hmm. somebody that, that has an intimate relationship with God. And just like the series we've been going through about the high priest, God's desire is to have relationship with his creation. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we've rebelled against that. We've, we've sinned. And, and of course, you know, we could get into that too if you wanted to about you know, <laughs> the fact that we're all sinners, yeah. know, saved by grace, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, so in your, like, working out of this definition, you mentioned the Holy Spirit already, and it was more in the context of I'm a believer now, and the Holy Spirit helps me be compassionate. Can you speak a little bit more as to how the power of the Holy Spirit helps people evangelize? Yeah. Well, if I go back to CPR for just a second and talk about the last thing that you mm -hmm. talk about is the feel. So as a Christian, uh, the Holy Spirit works in my heart and my life, and so I need to be paying attention to that as a Christian. So I'm, if I'm witnessing somebody, then I need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, yes. guide me into that. And as, as we continue on that conversation, that, you know, if you look at John chapter 14, verse 25 through 27, it talks about the Holy Spirit being an advocate. Uh, he teaches us things. Mm -hmm. uh, so he intervenes for us between the Father and us. And then he reminds us of things. Mm -hmm. Then he causes this peace to come over us at times that... If I allow the Holy Spirit uh, to guide me through those times, uh, then there'll be that peace that I know it's Him speaking. It's not yeah. me speaking. Yeah. Uh, then there's truth. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 6, that the Holy Spirit is truth and testifies. In other words, it's kind of cool that, one, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's not going to be false. It's going to be truth. If it's truly the Holy Spirit, it's going to be truth speaking. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, it's testifying. So it's like... Even even in the sense of like I'm witnessing this person, the Holy Spirit can be testifying to me about what to say and, and how to say it uh, in my heart or in my mind, uh, leading me through yeah. that conversation. I, it's so cool. I mean, really, mm -hmm. when you have a conversation with somebody and you feel God's God working through you to, to know exactly what to say to that person. Yeah. And then in John chapter 16, verse 8 through 15, it talks about he, he's a guide. And also, and I think this is an important key, he glorifies Jesus. Mm. So when the Holy Spirit, you know it's going to be glorifying Christ. It's all about glorifying uh, Jesus. Yeah. And so when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in those situations that you uh, can pick up uh, from God's uh, Holy Spirit uh, to work in those situations, it's, it's really neat because he can help you steer that conversation in the right way. Yeah, he, he almost gives you a sensitivity towards that person yeah. and to know how to navigate the conversations, how to ask the right questions. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, and I, and that's another thing about, and maybe I don't, I don't want to jump ahead, but maybe um, one thing I think that's key to think about too, is that the Holy Spirit's at work everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit can be working in me as I evangelize and I'm ministering to this person. The Holy Spirit's at work in that person's heart, mm -hmm. trying to knock on their door of their heart and say, hey, they let me in in a way, yeah. um, to convict them or help them re reveal to them that, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, Christ wants to come into your heart and your life, but he's also working through other people. Mm -hmm. So the burden, again, is not on me to be this, uh, 
you know, powerful force. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit, God is at work, and He loves that person that you're mm -hmm. trying to reach just as much as you do. Or, yeah. or, or let me even say that He loves them more, more. than more than you more. could ever could. You know, like yeah. even with my kids, I think about that. That how can how can God love my kids more than me? But He does. Mm -hmm. He does. He has a perfect love for them. Yeah. And uh, so when you think about it, you're not the only one in this. You know, yeah. and I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off. Yeah, in the absolutely. sense that it is a light burden. It's more of a. It should be more of a joy. It should be more of an excitement. It should be more of a passion that you have to mm -hmm. say, "I want to let this person know what I have." Yeah, you know, because I love Jesus. I mm -hmm. love God, and I think some of the tough things, because I've had some friends that have walked away from the faith. Yeah, and that that's such a heartbreak because you know they're. They're going to be missing the joy and the fellowship of God. Yeah, and uh, that that's that's tough. But again, my responsibility is to bear witness to what I've seen, mm -hmm. uh, like John talks about that I shared this past Sunday. He shared, "This is what I've testified to." Yeah, I'm writing this down. I'm sharing this so that you might believe. Yeah, and the things we have witnessed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's good, um, and it. I feel like it all kind of culminates like this whole definition. You know, we're to have compassion, uh, compassionate sharing of the good news to lost people for this next purpose. Yes. And that's to bring people into relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So a question I have for you is how long can it take? You know, is it instant? Does it take, <laughs> does it take years? Um, I how wish long it was, can it, yeah. <laughs> I wish it was instant. And there has been cases that mm -hmm. have happened that I've been surprised sometimes with with I mean, shouldn't be surprised, but it is to me it's it's the, it's us being willing to go the long haul. Yeah. Because you never know. There's been some people, and I think this goes back to what Paul said. You know, uh, I can't remember the exact location, but he talks about uh, you know some of you know I've come into water and mm -hmm. or to plant the seed. Apollos is watered and somebody else receives the harvest. Well, yeah. that. That happens all the time. I mean, there's sometimes you may not see the harvest, but maybe you're the one that planted the seed mm -hmm. because you witnessed to that person, you shared the gospel, you were a good representation of Jesus, and uh, maybe you don't get to see the end result. Yeah. But then there's been other times that, you know, I have seen that quickly happen, you know, where having a conversation with somebody that after that conversation, they're like, I'd like to give my life to Christ. Yeah. Um, so, so you gotta be, I think, I think having patience is very important Yes. because it could take, it could take that one conversation, but it could take years as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, it goes back to the consistency that we need to have in somebody's life that we continue to, to proclaim. We continue mm -hmm. to share, like you said, uh, I think it's important to talk about it. You know, don't let just your life be that representation, right. but actually talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you are so focused on Christ and, and my relationship and your relationship with Christ, I don't see how that can, I don't see how that you could keep it secret. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's eventually it'll come out. And I think that intentionality is, is important, mm -hmm. you know, to look for those opportunities, to pray for those opportunities, mm -hmm. to say, God, lead me to those opportunities where I can talk about my faith. Yeah. And, and share what that means to me. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is really good about that. I don't, 
she she's uh, really good about just bringing God into the equation. Uh-huh. She she's ready to go. She's and it's it's really cool to see her sometimes like that. But then, um, you know, you never know what what seed that might plant because mm-hmm. maybe she might not have the the full time to be able to see how that took root. Yeah, yeah. is that something that you or even Shelley have seen? Like in your own lives, you are really focused on somebody, but it's maybe just not, um, you know, taken taken a hold of their heart yet. And yeah. so you almost have to take a step back, yeah. And until someone else comes in, and then later on you find about it, find out about it. Um, so yeah, there's been a, a few of those stories of where you know we've we've ministered to people, and then later on even years later, mm-hmm. like we're talking 10 years later, oh, wow. have seen people come to Christ. And you don't know what that, what, you know, what caused all that lead up, but I do believe, and that's where you trust God with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like all you can do is be a representation of him and, and continue to share and let the, let the seed, you know, be in that sower that's casting seed, yeah. let the seed land where it needs to land. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just wanting to be the caster. I'm wanting to be the sower. Um, to cast uh, those seeds out and, mm-hmm. and let them take root where they need to take root. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like when when those moments happen, when you come back around and you find out that somebody has accepted Christ, and that's almost a not a bigger moment for joy, but it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, I've been waiting so long to hear about this. Like, praise God! So, yeah. just a big moment to give Him glory for that. And if I could share too, that that goes back to the prayer of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think prayer, our prayer should be used in evangelism too. Absolutely. My, uh, you know, it, you know, my grandmother was a prayer warrior. She'd pray mm-hmm. for. She'd have her list. She'd go down in the basement. She had a place where she knelt down and prayed. And uh, you know, I think it's so cool that even after her death, uh, she prayed for my uncle to accept Christ, mm-hmm. and he accepted Christ before he died. Oh, wow. And so just. Just like that, like mm-hmm. to me, I believe that it was the power of her prayers that worked it out to where he was witnessed to, uh, and that God softened his heart. And again, I know, I know that that could could lead to some people feeling like, "Well, I prayed for these people and they didn't do that." We, yeah. we have to again. It, it all has to be based on that person's decision. God's not going to force anybody to accept him, right? But God's going to use people to be that difference maker, and that's mm-hmm. where we have to trust God with that. Yeah. 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 I think that one of the reasons I picked this definition was because it has a starting point, but then the, it comes full circle. So, you know, you're you're sharing the gospel with people so they can know him so that they will go share him. Yeah. Um, and I love that this definition concludes with that. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit? Maybe um, have you seen anyone in your life, in your ministry accept him and then kind of just flourish in in their own sharing of their faith um and kind of what does that look like well it's exciting Mm -hmm. i mean you know whether it's been students or even adults um you know and and of course you always think about the ones that that aren't where you want them to be or you know you pray for them but it is exciting to see so many whether they go into ministry or they they we're so excited that they went out and evangelized uh, in the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the cool uh, ministry opportunities that you know that I've seen was just you know again as a as a minister of the gospel, my job is not to bring everyone in. It's it's 
it's letting other people experience that and share their faith. So seeing teens go to the school systems and bring people to yeah. church and, and they're sharing their faith and they're sharing the experience that they've, they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it can be very contagious when you are excited about Jesus. Yeah. And then you go out and start because of the experience you've had in knowing Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have to, as a church, be careful because we can get so caught up in, in the routines and, and I, you know, become social, and which is not a bad thing yeah. to have that fellowship, but don't lose sight of the value of, the, of Christ because Christ is what brings everything together. Mm-hmm. You know, the more we focus on Christ, the more He is able to work through the Holy Spirit and changing people's hearts and lives. Yeah. And there are times where they're, they're maybe not like this constant, like, Projectory, right? You know, that, that may be the hard part for us Christians is that we want it to go that way, <laughs> but it's more like an up and down type thing. Yeah. And that's because I think that, you know, there's that valley part that causes us to grow to get ready for those mountaintop experiences. Absolutely. And so I think, as, uh, you know, going back to your statement or question, though, yes, I've seen that and it's, it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as a minister, it's probably one of the most rewarding things is to see the light bulb come on for them to experience Christ and they're taking the good news yeah. to wherever they go, you know, Yeah. and see that um, transforming lives. And so to see people come out of my ministry and become youth pastors or become pastors or mm-hmm. even even people that are just involved, and I want I shouldn't just say just involved, but whether they're Sunday school teachers, whether they're on the trustees of their church or whether they're a leader in their church, it doesn't matter because that's any position, anybody that's been changed by Christ mm-hmm. is an evangelist for Christ. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And so why is that um, kind of turning point so they can share with others? Why is it a vital part to evangelism and what it means? Yeah. Well, it's, it's growth in a way, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's making it, it's, it's not a something that we should keep quiet. You know, we want to get it out there. We want people to know because it's such a, and there's a, the other aspect of it is, is that I will never reach all the people that you can reach, mm-hmm. you know, or Adam can reach or whoever it is. The more we all work together to do that, we're reaching people that, that only we can reach. Yeah. For the gospel, and and that's that's the exciting thing is it's yeah. not just one person. Yeah, it keeps you know? it going. It, it I kind of picture like a tree branch, yep. and it just keeps keeps growing yeah. different branches, new leaves with each season. Yeah, um, yeah. And Pastor Mark, last time we spoke, um, when he was on, he pointed out Acts one eight, you know, yeah. and he's saying start where you are, and then. Go to a different place because Jesus is saying, I want you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to all the world. So you never know who you might share Christ with that's going to reach outside of our local area and then further and further on. Yeah. So. Well, even to know the knowledge that Apollos was, you know, somebody that was under John's baptism Mm -hmm. and then he was told about. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so he had that excitement initially, but then he was told the full truth. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then he was able to take it even further. So that that's, you know, it's a, yeah, you never know what difference you, you might make in somebody's life. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of as we come to a close, uh, do you have any 
words of wisdom or maybe um, two simple tasks that you would like to give our listeners to kind of help them live out this definition of evangelism? Yeah, well, I, I think one thing would be uh, to to maybe just write out your testimony. And mm-hmm. it's, it's real easy, just a really easy concept is to write three things of what your, your past was like. So just write three sentences that were things in your past. How was mm-hmm. your life like when before you accepted Christ? And then write three things that led up to you accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know, what were the circumstances? He was involved. And, you know, what was the scenario like? And then three things that have been going on in your life since knowing Christ. I think those are kind of a good way to kind of get a feel of, of sharing what the difference that Christ made. And I think that's great because I think that I think that the first start is an eyewitness account of Christ impacting your life to really reach somebody else. You know, like how has Christ made a difference in you? Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important question to ask ourselves. You know, how has Christ made a difference in my life? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, what were those three things that he changed in me? You know, what were the things that led up to my conversion? And then, you know, like, well, how's it different now? Because if it's not different now, you know, there, there might be a problem. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's something worth sharing, you know, when you come from that place. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe that would help people with the fear of knowing their story a little bit better, having it written out, and just not that you need to have a paper and give that to somebody. Right. But just to have that knowledge, okay, what can I talk about? Mm-hmm. What has Christ done in my life that I can share? And then just share it, you know, yeah. just be ready to think about that experience that you had to share it with mm-hmm. uh, somebody else. So Yeah, and I feel like, so one thing about humans is they love to talk about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to take the time and you can keep it simple and then invite that person to maybe open up yeah. um, about where they're at, then the conversation can go way wider than what you're expecting. Yes. Um, it's just, it's just interesting. People yeah. just love to talk about themselves. So it's a good, that set of three things is just kind of a good um, practical tactic yeah. to keep it short, yes. but also to focus on Christ. And then you can kind of hand it off to them. Yeah. And, and yeah. if we could end on that, to go back to the CPR thing, I think it goes back to, you know, are you looking at them? Mm-hmm. And then are you listening? It goes back to letting them talk. Right? Yeah. And then are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you in that feel part that you're feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit so you know how to interact with that person? Mm -hmm. Because you're right, because we don't want to be in a situation where we're dominating the conversation too much. We want to listen to their story. We don't want to hear what they're going through because that may give us a a little glimpse or a little thing to to speak into, right? Mm -hmm. That I can can relate or I can understand and show more compassion. And leave me to talk to the gospel about yeah, the gospel. Absolutely. Okay, so you said to write down, write out your testimony. Mm-hmm. One more thing. You have anything else? So the other thing is to share your story with a friend or a coworker. You know, there's a way to practice is to, you know, just kind of get used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe share it with somebody that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And that kind of gives you that more, even if it's a family member, just to give you that initial, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Let me share mm-hmm. it with you. Uh, in youth ministry, we would kind of do that in groups, like just with a group of friends. Hey, you know, in the safety of this youth group, share your story. Yeah. Uh, to give them more confidence, to make them feel better. Because again, it's not about, I think the misconception, I would like to kind of make sure that people know this. 
you know, you don't have to be a biblical scholar. I'm right. not a biblical scholar. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to read Greek. You know how to read some Greek. <laughs> but, you know, it's not about that, right? It's not yeah. about knowing the, all the ins and outs. Again, it's about the personal impact I've had of knowing Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. And, you know, keep it simple, you know. And you allow that authenticity to come out. You allow the relationship you have with Christ mm-hmm. to come out. And you share that. That's going to make a difference. Because yeah. people are looking for authentic things. They're yeah. looking for truth. Mm-hmm. I think truly that most people, well, maybe not all people, but I think most people get tired of living in lies. Yeah. They want to see something real. They want to mm-hmm. see something that's true. Yeah, I think they, they crave it. So, you know, and the deepest thing that we are longing for, whether we acknowledge it or not, is a relationship with, with a higher power, and that's God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming, though, today, Eric, and just sitting down and kind of going through this, this definition with me. Um, I just think it's helpful from a practical standpoint for listeners. They have to know what it is, but then there's different facets to it. So um, just getting like a, a good approach is just so helpful. And, and I, I hope that whether it's this video or, or other things you do or other people do, that we don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, there's too many people out there in the world that don't know Christ. Yeah. And uh, the joy of knowing Him uh, is is priceless. You know, it's, right. there's nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming today. All right. Thank you.